0: When you become a founder of a startup, you have to worry about the rest of it and everything else and the product and the marketing and the financials and, you know, every part of things, you know where the paychecks come from, you know where the how the dog food's made, you know how much is left in the bin <laughs> and you know when you're going to go broke and you you live in a world of, of, of extreme risk.
1: Welcome back to the Innovations at Research Park podcast. Tune into our show to hear insightful conversations on what innovations Research Park students, companies, and alumni are creating. My name is Tan Meshaw, and I'm your host for the podcast. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Paul Miller. Paul is the co-founder and CEO of Flats or Spikes. Flats or Spikes is building a community of expertise in science in running in a brand new way. They enable all athletes to access the expertise that professional athletes do at a fraction of the cost. Paul, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you very much. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so let's let's jump in uh, to your backstory. You know, I mentioned just now in the intro that um, you are currently in your current role are the CEO of an athletic performance company, but tying it back to, you know, your early days when you were in, in the ag tech space still, uh, I want to paint a you know, bit more of a picture about that. Um, so I believe you were a graduate student in agriculture engineering, and then from there you transitioned to starting your own company, Agribull. Um, can you share a bit about that? You know, what was that transition like, going from the academia, academia world uh, into starting this company? And uh, you know, what were some of the kind of challenges that you that you saw when uh, doing that transition?
0: Yeah, well, uh, let me give you just a tiny bit of background there. So, I did my bachelor's and master's at University of Illinois. I did my PhD at Purdue. I did a postdoc at University of Wisconsin, so I don't ever want to, I apparently don't ever leave the Midwest. Um, and, uh, you know, in that process, I went to work as a consultant here. Uh, a friend of mine had started a, consulting comp- a branch of a consulting company here in Champaign. And uh, I joined them and, and they were doing sort of, sort of a whole bunch of monitoring projects and other kinds of things for ag chemical and fate, things like that. And uh, when I started and started working there, I began working at you know at an R and D level uh, of of trying to solve these large can- continental scale like uh, um, uh, issues in ag- agricultural chemical fate. Okay. And uh, that also dealt with like you know uh, you know spray patterns and all kinds of interesting things. So we were doing large scale modeling, large scale data science, and, and we did a lot of amazing work. Uh, work that was submitted to Congress through the FIFRA Program, and uh, you know uh, I even uh, once was uh, was asked to answer questions at a con- questions at a congressional hearing, right? and uh usually they don't let the nerd speak to the to the policymakers, but uh, this time nobody else could answer the question so i was brought in to answer the question on the federal register right so I, I just remember that but but we were doing very high level work right and in that process of trying to understand how to make the systems better how to make that results better and more accurate how to actually find the answers people were searching for to like solve issues with with like some of these major products they were talking about billions and billions of dollars of products sold in the United States alone um, and uh, you know in that process we were we had to invent you know me and my team had to invent new kinds of analytics and and and, and processes to be able to to represent what growers were doing so it was great work uh, but you know that transition from academia to to, uh, to being a, to doing a startup is literally because you have to focus on building things people will use and, and building things that can create a business, right? That's the core of it. Instead of just working on things for your own edification and your own happiness, like, like most academics do. What's the product of uh, an academic, right? You know My old advisor at the University of Illinois here, Kent Mitchell, used to say, progress is our only product, right? And uh, and so you know at, at a startup your your progress you know your product has to be your product, so uh, in any kind of way and this is what what uh, really uh, makes makes problems for companies that are trying to reach for things that aren't done yet right you know uh, that they can't monetize in the ways that they need to to fund the best rest of the business so
1: yeah interesting so. What was the moment like when you had that, uh, you know, when you first found out about this M&A between your startup, Agribull, and this, this other company, Nutrient? What was that experience like?
0: Well, I mean, you know, you've got to understand that in this process, you know, you've been working like crazy. You know, I, I was a primary member of the M&A committee. Um, and I was a director that represented the shareholders at Agribol, common shareholders. And so I needed to make decisions based on what was best for, for the common shareholders. Um, and I was the one that forced us to put into the slide decks that we were willing to be acquired. We had built so much stuff that we no longer could maintain everything that we built. Okay. That is that is a very bad place to be, you know, and uh, you have to focus and we, we, we focused to build all that stuff, but we never got the business right on that thing. And so, you know, like uh, we never got like the traction we needed to build. We never did the correct pricing and I wasn't responsible for a lot of those decisions. Um, and I was I kept arguing about that, trying to understand what it is, but we just we just couldn't. We just couldn't do it. And by the time we, we righted the ship and where we were going, we were moving into a product based on using all of our predictive analytics, all the stuff we had, and then making it work for ag retailers and, and nutrient needed that bad and they wanted that bad. And like, so it was no surprise to me that they wanted to do it. It was a difficult deal to get done. Um, even though it went fast by usually by, by a lot of the metrics that people use for those kinds of things. And I can't talk too much just about the specifics of how that executed. That's one of the things that I, I can't talk about, but Nutrient did right by us. And um, I know you ask a simple question and I answer in a very long, <laughs> complex way, but that's how I am. So
1: what was the impetus for starting a brand new company that's focused on athletic performance as opposed to ag tech space?
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that I've struggled with throughout my life is uh, is my weight. Uh, I I was uh, diagnosed as a diabetic here. Um, You know, I I dealt with high blood pressure and other kinds of things, and uh, I was wanting to focus on weight loss and doing it uh, in a in a in a focused way through cardio, through running, becoming a runner Um, instead of like weight training and other kinds of things that other people do. I I really I really believe in the endurance aspect of things and really trying to get my myself like uh, healthy in that sort of way. Um, There's a Zen to it. There's a there's a, a great optimistic, creative community around like running itself and obviously a lot of people who love it. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in being able to, to get healthy. And, and since we started Flats or Spikes, I lost 41 pounds. Uh, I've turned around some of my blood pressure, some of my issues with, uh, uh, with my blood sugar and other things like that. Uh, but I've got a long way to go, right? I'm on, I'm a long pathway for being able to do this. And eventually I want to get into the, to the uh, weight loss market in some kind of way. But but I'm also in you know involved in this process of being able to, to be able to get access to expertise to help. So even somebody ha- who has a weight problem, you know, I have an impact problem, right? And I have plantar fasciitis and other kinds of health issues um, that that need to be resolved so I can train in a healthy way, right? I can't just go start running. So I'm actually on a low impact. Uh, kind of uh, plan that i've been worked out with my coach in this process and uh and uh, i've been doing that for the last couple of months and uh and even before that I was, I was working on this but 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 with the coach and with this whole process and you know in that that phrase that people like to use right like i like to eat my own dog food right so the things that i make i like to consume and use try to improve and 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 work with better and understand the 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 pain points I'm solving, particularly for myself, even if it's not necessarily completely aimed at myself, right? But there's the gamut of people that want to become runners, and a lot of them want to do it to weight loss and for weight loss. And that's what I that's what I did. I also had a contract with Nutrient that said I couldn't work at AgTech after I left. <laughs> so there's a little bit of that. So that's the domain shift that makes sense there. But what's funny is that modeling the human body, the science of respiration and activity and, and all these other kinds of work is very similar to what you would do when you want to model crops and you want to make predictive analytics. And so, you know, Flats or Spikes has a predictive analytics nutrition system um, that's similar to what we would have built uh, at Agrible for growers and, and for AgTech tech um, in a way that, that allows you to predict what your calorie requirements are and your macro requirements are a week in advance. So you can do meal planning and everything based on the workouts and the workloads that you do. So you take a very science-based approach to it um, in a very unique way. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's been an interesting and fun journey. Uh, but you know, I'm a huge startup fan. I love startups. I don't really think I can do anything else. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's why. So,
1: yeah. So, so what exactly is the flats or spikes product and who is it targeted towards?
0: Yeah, well, we have an endurance based product. We have two products on the market. Um, uh, one is a team and timing app. Uh, and then the other one is, so that's for distance running teams for like youth sports. Um, so for high school and college level, like teams of runners to work together. And then uh, we have what we call Expertise, Flats or Spikes app itself, uh, which is for any runner out there. Um, it's a coaching product where we we integrate, you know, all these science systems with a coach working with you and then uh and then basically kind of uh moving forward that way.
1: Okay, interesting so it's it's very fascinating to me how you as a as a founder are also so invested in the mission of your company of course you know it makes sense that any founder should be but in a quite literal sense you're also as you mentioned trying to transform your own health and um you know i it's i think that's one of the unique aspects of of having a company in this space but given all this um this this Breadth of and depth of experience that you were able to gain from this journey with Agribull uh, to now this new company that you've started the past few years. What do you enjoy most about running companies, about starting and running companies, and uh, specifically with Flats or Spikes? What are some of your favorite success stories that you've seen recently?
0: Well, of course, you know when you launch any products that people love, that that that's very successful, right? So I, I get a lot of satisfaction from building things that people like and, 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 and enjoy. You know, um, and we've got, you know, a number of folks that, that had, um, you know, that, that use the platform, that love the platform and, and, and enjoy the platform. Um, you know, I would say my focus here at Flats or Spikes is on the external, it's on fundraising, it's on marketing and all of those things. Um, and, you know, I enjoy all of that stuff. Uh, I, I, I can do all of the tech stuff if I need to um in different kinds of ways right I, I it's very bad if i'm actually writing code for the application itself uh but i write code for whatever i do for all of the work that i other work that i do right but i don't usually write production code i usually work with other founders to do that kind of thing but i mean i love the ideation of it i love the, the speed of execution i mean there's nothing that beats a startup that can execute and release its products, test and iterate its products, try to find product market fit and all of that. So you learn things over time. And all I'm saying is that you've got a lot of listeners here or you've got people at the Enterprise Works who are beginning their journeys or wanting to start their journey no matter where they're at. Maybe they're a faculty member. Maybe there's somebody part of the community. They want to just part of participate in being in a startup. You know, join a startup, be an intern for the startup, try to see what it's like. It's a different way of living. And I um, subscribe to that different way of living in a big way. Um, I am a firm believer in it. And I'm a firm believer in small teams that can make, make, make amazing things happen and um, that have extra, incredible value. And it's getting easier and easier to do that these days. You know, AgriBall was a slog, and we invented many technologies that we used um you know and a lot of those are phase one solutions for everything because it just didn't exist that you know um like right now you can get a scalable postgres database off of amazon and and they have all these different you know database systems on amazon but you can just even scale your own postgres database with their services in an automated way. It's like phenomenal. We we were struggling with that and they literally launched it and we were like, oh my God, this saves our soul. And we like used it immediately, right? Like it's those kind of things that are just are just amazing. So you can build a small idea into something like that that solves a problem and then you can literally scale it up without and having to know like the 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 the, without having to build it from scratch. It's Hmm. it's an amazing thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, along those lines, for those listening who want to be entrepreneurs or want to be in this space, um, coming from a veteran like yourself, what are some of the essential battle scars that you think these people need to go through before they can claim to be, you know, successful business owners?
0: Well. Being a successful business owner is an interesting qualifying statement. (laughs) So so like you have to understand what the operational definition of such a thing is, you know, but what I'll say is that there are a number of things that you have to um, you have to get right in your life. Okay. And so it also depends, you know, on on your your stage in life, too. Right. So. You know, the reason I'm saying this is because I'm an older person. I went through the whole academic process. I worked for almost eight, well, I think almost 10 years as a consultant, high-level consultant. Before we, well, we started a couple of years in, a couple of years, like at the end of my consulting um, as a different company called Ag Informatics. And, uh, uh, you know, we were kind of doing that. Sort of on the DL sort of thing, uh, you know, because we didn't have any contracts at the consulting company we worked at. And, um, and, uh, and so that's a, that's a strange thing to to not have employment contracts, but they didn't have any employment contracts. And, and they had assumptions about what they were going to get from people. um, But if there's no contract, there's no contract. So what I'm saying is that, you know, to do this right, to do this thing that that you want to do, you have to have your financial life order in order. If you have a partner in some way that you're building a life together, you know, you've got to consider that you have to live with a lot of risk in your life. OK, a lot of risk. And and most people think, you know, they go to a job and they think that they have this job and there's no risk in the job. Their job is at risk every single day. You know, like like they're and look at how all the people are getting fired from, across all of tech, right? Amazon, Microsoft, you know, like closing whole divisions of things, right? You know, like, um, you, you know, the fact is, is that, that, you know, having a job doesn't really actually mean that you have any security, but not knowing where your paycheck comes from and it just comes every couple of weeks or every month or whatever, that's an amazing psychological thing. All right. And so like the the thing about that is that you don't have to worry about the rest of it. When you become a founder of a startup, you have to worry about the rest of it and everything else and the product and the marketing and the financials and, you know, every part of things, you know, where the paychecks come from, you know, where the how the dog food's made, you know, how much is left in the bin <laughs> and you know when you're going to go broke and you, you live in a world of 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 extreme risk right and my life fundamentally even at this point now is purely focused on capitalize providing capital for creativity that's it you know that's my entire life i want to be creative about something i have to have the creativity i have to have the capital to support that creativity and then i deal with that right i try to make it a business i've worked my whole life i literally have worked my whole life since i was six not even kidding you and like um and like i just i just i believe in that i don't understand work life balance i work as much as i want to and then when i when i can't i do something else right but i always change things up so so you know i think that that you know you know it's better and easier when you're younger because the the way you fail is it has less implications um it's way harder than people think it is it, you know everybody thinks things are hard but it's super hard like and i have to have my own mantra of um of uh you know basically not being divorced right like like and and i came close to that a number of times you know where things were so bad and so hard and you know i talk we talk about the acquisition but 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 and building all that stuff and making all these things happen it takes a toll i worked 106 hours a week for six years straight okay so like, like you think about that, how many hours that is. That's like every waking hour that you can possibly work and multiple hours, multiple days on weekends. I constantly worked. I took a vacation when I was at Agribol, So Hawaii, I only did a 40 hour work week that week that on vacation. And I was so happy Cause I like, I was like sick. I'd been sick for six months. I couldn't get over the sickness. I went to Hawaii, worked only a 40 hour week and I basically overcame my sickness. I I had a name for it. I called it agrimonia. So like, cause like basically you work yourself to death. Right. And so, you know, you can achieve great things, but it takes a massive amount of work. I'm, I'm, I'm just all over the place, but I'm just telling you like, like that's um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy life to lead. But for somebody like me who comes from a, DIY slash punk ethic and a, a, a hardcore, like working class work ethic, it's the only place for me, you know, uh, to do those things. I just have to manage it better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So along with work ethic, um, so I was thinking about a phrase that I think maybe is relevant to your company as well here. When I was a kid one of my coaches told me that, uh, you know, everyone, not everyone can be that professional athlete, but you can still work like one. And uh, drawing a parallel to the startup world, um, what are the ways that you think or you know what are the characteristics that you think of an entrepreneur that somebody can imbibe, even if they don't necessarily want to be in that life be in that space?
0: Well, I think what you do is you you know you 've got to figure out what drives you right you know some people are driven by making sales, some people are driven by that human connection, some people are driven by building things and creating things. Um, I think that as if you want to live with an entrepreneurial heart, we'll say, right, you you want to live in a world where um, the first thing is you got to be a delusional optimist. All right, like everything is always possible, even when you don't have like two nickels to rub together, right, like you you got it's still possible. You know, maybe you're not gonna make a hyperdrive or something like that, but 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 you certainly you know if you think that you can build something, you can figure your way through it. One of the things I like to say is there's freedom and limitation, right? So when you're limited by funds, expertise, whatever it might be, you you focus on on the things you can deliver and you reinvent the process or what your product or whatever it is. To be able to fit what you can do and still maintain the the problem-solving feature you're trying to launch right um i think you live with that delusional optimism you live a life where you you know things are possible and you try and make it happen you also want to live where you bring people along with uh, along with you for the ride that complement you uh and complement you in ways where you're deficient right you can't solve like not being good at like uh financial modeling Uh, by, by like trying to learn some YouTube videos, you know, I myself have done financial modeling for like, um. When I was much younger for nonprofits and I've done that, and I can do those things. I prefer to have, work with other people to do it. But as a CEO, you need to know your financial model for your business hardcore, right? So, you, you know, but you bring along those people that help you with every part of it. I've worked with growth marketers. I've worked with other people who specialize. I learn from all of those people and we all lift each other up, right? So you got to live that way. So you live on a team like that. You help other people. You try to, to, to do the right things by everybody, you know, and, and you try to, try to make the work uh, that you're doing be the center case of it, right? That's how you live your life, right? Um, if it's worth doing, then do it. You know, if it's worth doing, do it fast. That's like a a phrase that uh, a, a Nobel laureate I'd heard on like some sort of interview said. And it's like, if it's worth doing, do it fast. And I was like, that's awesome, you know. So, uh, you know, it's not do it well, do it fast, right? Get, get prove what you need to prove and and then move, move the science forward, move the business forward, move the startup forward, the the product fit process forward, anything. And the last thing I'll say is um, is there's a phrase by a person I like to follow online, Andrew Gazdeki, who I really love, um, who's a startup aficionado and, uh, and, and he's built this company, it was called Micro Acquire, now it's called Acquire. Um, and uh, he he has this phrase where um, where he talks about, it's like basically improve every day, right? Try to make every single day, like a a win. And, you know, he brings in phrases from all sorts of different sources and people and things like that. But I think I think of him when I think of this, if you make every single day a win, they accumulate like exponential growth. Right. And that exponential growth is the defining characteristic of startups in tech. It has to be an exponential growth process and you have to always build toward that. So if you can make every day a win, you'll eventually get there. And I love that phrase. Right. And it matches the athlete thing, right? Where if you improve at 1% every day, or if you, you know, even if you look at like cycling teams like Sky and things like that, where like they try to make small little improvements here and here that add up, right? You, you, you make little wins every day and you add up. If you do that in your life, everything will be fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I think that's great insight. Uh, Well, on that note, Paul, those are all the questions that I have for you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, For people listening, of course, if you liked this conversation, we have many similar ones uh, that you can check out at uh, researchpark.illinois.edu slash podcast. Uh, You can find our entire catalog there and uh, also find the newest episodes that we publish every month. So uh, be sure to check that out. And thanks again, Paul, and uh, we'll see you all next time.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great one.